0: Kids are heading back to school. How do you stay healthy and keep them healthy this fall?
1: Welcome to the Access Health Radio Show. I'm Dr. Brian Forrest, and this week we will be talking about how you can keep yourself well so that you can
0: fully enjoy the upcoming fall weather on Access Health Radio. Dr. Forrest is a board-certified family physician. I'm Mike Davis. We come to you each week at this same time. Thanks for joining us. Dr. Forrest, it is that time of the year. Kids are back in school, and of course, that automatically means it is cold season, flu season right around the corner. What can listeners do to keep themselves as healthy as possible as we head out of the summer months? Well, it's, it's one of my favorite times of the year. I
1: really enjoy the cooler nights and the humidity starting to get lower. However, it is also the time of the year when a lot of people start getting sick. So uh, if you do catch some type of infection or end up in the hospital, it can really get in the way of you enjoying that nicer weather. So uh, during this time of year, there are some unusual circumstances that can actually make you more likely to get sick. And we're going to talk about some of those and ways you can prevent getting sick today on Access Health Radio.
0: So, Dr. Forrest, what are the main reasons that people might be more likely to get sick this time of year? It seems to happen every year for some of us.
1: Well, you know, when I was younger, my mom used to always say, don't go out in that cold weather without something on your head. You know, you'll get sick, you'll catch cold, or or don't go out with your head wet. That'll make you cold. And although I always fought her on that, and although that's not totally accurate, there is a grain of truth to it, and the grain of truth is that that nice low humidity – actually makes conditions more favorable for viruses to survive longer like flu virus. Uh, it's also true that when the temperature inside your nasal passages is a little bit lower, it makes it easier for cold viruses to actually, you know, kind of cause infection. So, Uh, You know, that makes it more optimal to get sick. So in some ways, mom was always right about that. So, you know, the other thing that happens is people start gathering together. So, you know, the kids have been out of school. They haven't seen their friends in weeks. And all of a sudden they go back and everybody's back together again. So there might be one cold virus that's going around in one place. And in another area, the flu might be peaking. But you get those two people together and you're exposing both to infections that are being spread in other areas get 10 people in a room, and most class sizes now I think are in the the low 20s, but you get 10 people in a room and you might be exposing all 10 of them to the infections that are going around in everybody's neighborhoods. And, you know, most adults have developed some immunity to most of those viruses, but there are hundreds and hundreds of different types. And as uh, your exposure increases, your chance of getting one that you're not immune to definitely goes up. The last thing is that can make people sick during this season, and this happens a little more towards the winter, but as people uh, get into this weather, they start changing their habits. There's more celebratory eating, you know, things like Thanksgiving. Uh, I just had some patients this past week and we were scheduling their follow-up appointments and I said... Uh, Even though technically you ought to come back the week after Thanksgiving, I never like to schedule follow-ups then because that's not fair to you, right? (laughs) We're going to see your your worst sugar. We're going to see your worst cholesterol. So I always have a pretty heavy week the week before Thanksgiving because we're trying to get people in before they absolutely ruin things. you know. But people tend to eat a higher fat, higher salt, higher sugar meal and also in larger quantities than the other times of the year. Um, There's even a condition known as holiday heart that happens predominantly between Thanksgiving and the first week of the new year every year uh, where people end up with a type of heart failure uh, due to this sort of uh, change in their diet. Uh,
0: But not only are we more likely to get sick, but uh, some people's allergies act up this time of year, don't they? You're right. You know, I love those moderate temperatures. Uh, Often the temperatures
1: outside the midday are about the same as we keep inside our houses. However, that means people open their windows and things like that, and the price we pay are those dreaded allergy symptoms. So during the fall, the ragweed and the leaf litter can really start to get people's allergies flaring. And there are other allergies that come from things inside the house like dust mites, pets, mold, and insects that usually are worse when people start staying inside more
0: due to cooler weather. Dr. Forrest, I've I've heard that before and that antibiotics can actually make you really sick if you take them and you don't need them. After the break, uh, we'll be discussing things you can do to prevent getting sick and also how to take care of yourself if you do with Dr. Brian Forrest here on Access Health Radio. We'd like to take a moment to acknowledge the companies that support Access Health Radio. Thanks to
1: Marley Drug in Winston-Salem for supporting our show. They mail order generic medications directly to your home with free shipping, often at costs that are much lower than even the big box pharmacies. Check them out at marleydrug.com and their new membership program at gomd.care. We would also like to thank WeCare Pharmacy in Apex. They have great customer service and will deliver in the local area, usually with a matching price on any of your medications. Check them out at wecarepharmacyapex.com. And then lastly, we'd like to thank Wake Family Eye Care in Cary, North Carolina. Dr. Badwan there does a terrific job of helping people maintain their eye health, and they're located at WakeFamilyEyeCare.com.
0: This is Access Health Radio. Thanks for joining us. Board-certified family physician Dr. Brian Forrest is our host. I'm Mike Davis, and it's time, as it is each week, for the Access Health Tip of the Week. Often when people get colds and flu,
1: they will seek out some medical care with the expectation that an antibiotic might help them. And some people actually think that antibiotics boost their immune system, but that's really not the case. The truth is that they work a lot like insecticides for killing insects. I often will tell a patient that if you sprayed weed killer on a bug, you would just get a wet bug. In the same way, if you sprayed bug poison on a weed, you would just get a wet weed. And antibiotics kill specific types of germs, and they kill bacteria, not viruses. So colds and flu are viral, and antibiotics do not work for either. So you have to be careful. If you pressure your doctor into giving you an antibiotic, you could actually be doing yourself more harm than good, because it can make that antibiotic not effective for you later if you actually need it for a bacterial infection. And it could give you some serious side effects, like a yeast infection or rashes. So always ask your physician if the infection you have is actually bacterial and if it will respond to an antibiotic or not.
0: And we're talking this week about staying well and what to do if you get sick in the fall. So what are some of the things that people can do to prevent getting sick this time of year, Dr. Forrest?
1: Well, first and foremost, uh, and it won't be a surprise, uh, washing your hands. Uh, Hand washing is absolutely the most effective way to prevent spreading disease, especially things like colds. And anytime you touch your face with your hands and you haven't washed them beforehand, you can expose yourself to the germs on your hands. Uh, I don't want to make people paranoid, but every time you touch a doorknob, a keyboard, a desk, a phone that has been touched by someone else you've picked up germs from that surface some viruses can live on doorknobs and phones for hours some for even days this is one reason that grocery cart handles now are frequently disinfected with those wipes which i think is a terrific idea uh, but if the person before you who had that cart had been sneezing and and covering their mouth with their hand and then they touched that cart Those virus particles are all over the handles of that cart. And if you touch the handles and then you have to scratch your eye, guess what? Next thing you know, you've got pink eye or you've got a cold or an adenovirus or something like that. So it's okay to get the germs on your hands. That happens to everyone. The key is that if your eye or nose itches, that you not scratch either until you've had a chance to wash those germs off your hands or use a hand sterilizer.
0: All right. You mentioned hand sterilizers there. I wanted to ask you about those. How well do uh, those actually work? What about antibacterial soap? Is that good?
1: Uh, research on the hand sanitizers show that they do help. Uh, in fact, in most hospitals, if, you, if you're visiting somebody, they actually use the alcohol foams, and they're very effective. However, they differ widely in their potency. So the ones that are alcohol-based are the most effective, uh, but they only will kill germs if the hands are thoroughly covered and then allowed to dry. Hand-washing works well uh, if people spend at least 15 seconds and use warm soapy water and rub all the surfaces of their hands. But, you know, as I've seen my kids wash their hands a million times – uh, I call it the old turn the faucet on, uh, switch hands and turn the faucet off, ru- uh, washing your hands. That doesn't really do a whole lot. <laughs> so you really need friction on the on both surfaces of your hands. You need some warm soapy water in at least 15 seconds. Uh, so you don't want to do that and just squirt on the soap and rinse it off. That doesn't do much at all. And the problem with antibacterial soap is twofold. First, most consumer available soap does not kill viruses at all. It only works to cut down on the number of bacteria on your hands. Also, if you use that type of soap all the time, it can lead to resistance where you might actually have a bacteria on your hands now that no longer is killed by
0: the active ingredient in that. Dr. Forrest, what about all of the, When you talk about colds, we know what comes along with that, sneezing and coughing, and we know that just spreads the germs. How can we protect ourselves from that? Well, it
1: mostly depends on the person who is sick being, you know, somewhat considerate and trying to avoid spreading those germs. But the most effective method has been shown to be coughing or sneezing into your elbow. That prevents the sick person from having lots of germs on their hands, which they touch all kinds of surfaces with. And most people, you know, don't open doors and stuff with their elbows. Uh, sneezes can travel over six feet and come out at around a hundred miles an hour. So if someone is sneezing or coughing, you have to really stay outside of a six foot circle around them. And I have to admit when I'm in a room with someone that sneezes or coughs, I often will turn my head away and even hold my breath for up to 10
0: seconds just out of being cautious. Well, that sounds like a good idea. Uh, We are, of course, talking about how to stay well and get well this fall on Access Health Radio with board-certified family physician Dr. Brian Forrest. I'm Mike Davis. Dr. Forrest, uh, sometimes these are hard to tell apart for me. How can we tell if we have a cold or a sinus infection or if it's really just allergy symptoms acting up?
1: Well, it's one of the most common problems uh, with allergies is that they get diagnosed as something else. For example, I often have heard patients say that they've just gotten their twice per year sinus infection. Well, typically you do not get sinus infections on a schedule. You know, often people really get bad allergies, and that gives them many of the same symptoms as a sinus infection or a cold. And then they get improper treatment like antibiotics or cold remedies when really what they need is something to help their allergies because that's what's causing their misery. Uh, Here's some key sort of uh, quick and dirty ways to know if allergies are more likely to be your problem. First, uh, do they seem to be related to the spring or fall pollen cycles? It sounds obvious, but in the last few weeks, I've heard lots of people talking about the colds that are going around their entire family has had over a week. If it happens during a classic season, then it might be allergies. Also, colds almost never last over a week. So if you think you just have a cold that keeps hanging on and will not go away, and maybe it's lasted a month, it's likely that it's not a cold at all. It may actually be from allergies. Another good tip, and I love this one. It's also a way I can tell you know how far I have to run from somebody who's sneezing. <laughs> is uh, <laughs> If somebody sneezes more than once in a row, it's probably allergies. So let me say that again. If, if somebody sneezes just once, then you got to be worried. Sneezing once means they probably do have something that might be contagious. But if somebody sneezes like two or three times in a row, uh, that makes it much more likely that what's going on with them is allergies. Uh, also, if you have lots of runny nose where it just seems to be running like crazy, that's also probably allergies. And if you have symptoms that are about the same on both sides of your face, like if you have pain or pressure in your sinuses, but it's on both sides equally, it's also probably allergies if that lasts longer than three days. And fever is also less likely with allergies,
0: although low-grade fevers are possible. All right. Thanks, Dr. Forrest. Straight ahead, we're going to talk about how you can care for yourself if you do get sick. And, of course, we can't go without our Access Health Radio's Trivia of the Week taking care of yourself if you get sick this fall and trying to stay well as well. That is what we're talking about today on Access Health Radio with board-certified family physician Dr. Brian Forrest. I'm Mike Davis. So, okay, uh, we've uh, we've come down with something, a cold or a flu, Dr. Forrest. Uh, what do we do then?
1: Well, the first thing you have to do if you get sick is try to stay at home. Uh, You do not want to expose other people and get your whole family or group of friends sick. Uh, It can just be the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, Second, use over-the-counter remedies sparingly and target specific symptoms rather than taking a whole bunch of over-the-counter products that might actually make you feel worse. Um what works for aches and fever uh things like acetaminophen and ibuprofen and naproxen those are going to help if your primary problem is body aches and fever Um, if you take the acetaminophen as directed, it's one of the safest things you can take. Uh, but now if you take too much, it can be really dangerous. Uh, the NSAID drugs like ibuprofen and naproxen are very effective and they also last longer, but they can cause some, uh, GI upset and irritation and even bleeding. And they also increase the risk of kidney problems or heart attack if you take too much or take it for too long. So if the fever is under 101, uh, then in most people, it doesn't have to be treated. Um, chicken soup is uh, one of those uh, old wives' tales, but it turns out it actually can be helpful for multiple reasons, uh, so give it a try. Uh, nasal irrigation with things like neti pots can help with congestion and cool mist humidifiers as long as you make sure they're cleaned out. Uh, can also reduce the longevity of flu viruses and make it a little easier to breathe. Uh, and then the other thing you can do, the, over-the-c- the over-the-counter cough remedies really haven't shown to be that effective. Uh, and some of them can have significant side effects. They can increase your heart rate. They can cause nausea. They can even cause some neurologic symptoms at, at too high a dose. Uh, so I tend to avoid most of the over-the-counter cough remedies other than just plain old lozenges and things like that. Uh, the antihistamines work for allergies, uh, but they don't work so well for viral infections. And the older antihistamines, things like diphenhydramine or Benadryl, can make you really sleepy. They can also suppress your nervous system, and that uh, that may help you sleep. That's you know, why they have like a NyQuil and a DayQuil kind of thing. However, if you mix it with other medications or if you've taken other medications that can also make you sleepy, uh, it can make you too sedated. Uh, decongestants are needed when you feel like you just can't breathe through your nose and the, the -the over-the-counter nasal sprays like oxymetazoline are very effective. Some people ask the generic name for Afrin. Now, they, they work great, and they can work in as little as 10 minutes, but this is very important. They shouldn't be used for over three days. Your nose can get used to those sprays really quick, so we always say don't use them over three days if you can avoid it. Um, but it, they are very effective. Um, the question I often get is, what would I take? You know, Dr. Forrest, if you, if you had a cold, what would you do? Well, if I had a cold with cough and congestion, I would probably use that decongestant nasal spray for three days. I would probably take a spoonful of honey up to three times a day. I'd probably take an acetaminophen or two every five hours, have some chicken soup, and drink lots of fluids. And those are the safest things that are, that are actually likely to help me in that situation.
0: I think I might just get some chicken soup anyway. That sounds pretty good. So, Dr. Forrest, okay, we've talked about the colds and flu. What about allergies? We are, we've already talked about those can pop up this time of year, too. What do we, how do we treat that?
1: So the first thing, the most important thing is to use nasal steroids. These are really underused. People always want to reach for the pill for allergies like Claritin and Zyrtec and things like that. Uh, truthfully, the, the prescription-strength nasal sprays now are over-the-counter. Things like Nasocord AQ, which is one of my favorites, or Flonase. Uh, and they are very effective. They're actually twice as effective as the pills are for allergies. So I always tell people to use the nasal sprays first. Uh, if, if you need a little more, you can get about another 25% relief on top of that if you add the antihistamine pills. Put the two together, it can make you about seventy-five percent better. And then there are prescription medications, some that block the allergy cycle, like Singulair, which is generic Montelukast. Uh, but those have to be taken every day. Um, there's also some eye drops that can go straight to the source with uh, substances like chromalin or Patanol. And there's nasal antihistamines like Astelin or Patanol too. Um, and if you, if running is the main problem, there are some sprays. One of those is called ipratropium and it can cut down on the runny nose, but you have to use it really often. Like, you know, every four hours or so, the cheap way to get some relief is just nasal irrigation where you're literally washing allergens and mucus out of your nasal passages with something like a neti pot. And those work really well. Just make sure you're using a sterile water solution. Uh, and and it's been cooled before you use it. Time now, Dr. Forrest for our access health trivia of the week. According to Consumer Reports magazine, Americans spent $5.8 billion in 2017 for over-the-counter remedies to treat cold and cough symptoms. Just remember, rest, lots of fluids, and patience for your body to heal can go a long way.
0: All right. Can we wrap up our key points uh, real quickly today, Dr. Forrest?
1: Okay. So first, wash your hands and use hand sanitizer often and every time before you eat or touch your face this season. Second, if you do get sick, don't use multi-symptom products. Uh, use products that are specific for the symptom you have. And if you take prescription medicine or you have high blood pressure, you should always check with your physician before using over-the-counter products to make sure they're going
0: to be safe. Uh, These sorts of shows Always raise questions That folks have How can they get in touch With you if they do Have a question Dr. Forrest
1: Well AccessHealthRadio At gmail.com They can send an email To that They can call our office At 919-363-0190 If they want to know More about our practice uh, Access Healthcare And after the show They can also listen To an on-demand podcast At WPTF.com Our scripture this week Is especially meaningful During this upcoming Harvest season Psalm 3119 How abundant Are the good things That you have stored up for those who fear you that you bestow in the sight of all on those who take refuge in you. Thanks for listening to the access health show. And we look forward to joining you again next Sunday at 4 p.m. Until then, God bless your health.